Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is July 18th, 2022, and our first story. D.C. Democrat Mayor Muriel Bowser is outraged as illegal immigrants flood homeless shelters. Texas and Arizona have been sending buses of illegal immigrants to make a statement to the federal government, and it's working. In our next story, a woman screams out in anger as Black Lives Matter heckles her. A man shot into her home. Police killed that man, and Black Lives Matter is defending the perpetrator. In our last story, Pink News in a hilarious cell phone says the word groomer is an anti-LGBTQ plus slur, making strange insinuations about what they think LGBTQ plus means. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. As the immigration crisis in Texas and along the southern border escalates, we're seeing a major transformation politically. Hispanic individuals who live in the Rio Grande Valley and on the southern border of many states have started flipping Republican. Now they're voting for people to end the illegal immigration crisis that Tucker Carlson calls the invasion. And it's not quite worked just yet. The sentiment is there, but the election isn't for a few months. In the meantime, there are questions about what people are doing and going to do to actually stop this. And why vote for someone? Why vote to reelect someone if we're not seeing those big changes just yet? Which brings us to the big story from the post-millennial. D.C. mayor slams Republicans for tricking illegal immigrants into taking buses to the nation's capital. That was the bigger story a while ago that Texas and I believe a couple other states, Arizona, perhaps, were putting illegal immigrants on buses and sending them to Washington, D.C. Now, many on the right cheered for this. The idea is let D.C. deal with the people they are allowing into this country. But there's a lot of questions here. First, the National Guard of Texas and Arizona, these border states, can go down to the border and try and solve for this problem. While there is Customs and Border Protection and ICE, federal agencies that are supposed to be dealing with this, the states can take action. And sending illegal immigrants into D.C. may feel like a gotcha or some kind of moral victory, but it's one city. I know it's a federal jurisdiction, and it's probably going to ruffle the feathers of many in Congress. It's just filling up homeless shelters. It's not actually solving any of the problems. In fact, it's basically the same problem. Illegal immigrants aren't just being bussed into D.C., The even bigger story going back 
was when Joe Biden's administration was flying illegal immigrants secretly on military aircraft around the country, smuggling them in. Now, if this is supposed to be some big gotcha, all it's doing, sending more illegal immigrants into this country. The federal government is fairly, I don't know, nebulous. It's, it, it may be centralized to a certain degree in Washington, D.C., as it's their federal jurisdiction. But these offices exist all over the country. Sending homeless people and illegal immigrants into D.C. isn't going to shock senators or the president because he doesn't care. It may piss off the mayor, who is quite pissed off. But it's not really going to do anything about the problems we're facing in this country. Now, there are some candidates like Carrie Lake who says that she's going to go in and solve that problem. And that's what needs to happen. So I'll put it this way. Here's what I see. A moral victory, I guess. I don't know if anything substantive is actually happening with sending illegal immigrants into D.C. But maybe if more and more people learn about what's going on, they may start opposing it. And D.C., the citizens, residents may not like it all that much. But aside from this, we're also seeing Joe Biden's economic polling tank to like record lows, lower than many of the past previous, uh, the past presidents. And this is a big element of that. You cannot just have wave after wave of non-citizens flood this country at our expense and think the economy will improve. What are the Republicans complaining about? Federal funding for abortions for illegal immigrants. And now I'm just... Sorry if I lose faith in humanity, if that's the big issue. You know, there's a lot of ways we can solve this problem. I don't know, maybe building bollard fencing. I'm not going to say build the wall, but yeah, maybe build the wall. Maybe deporting many of these people. And we've heard Texas is doing that as well. So it's not just about maybe a publicity stunt or a move like this. In Texas, they're actually picking people up and sending them back. Now, me personally, I think people should come to America. America's great. Legally. So let's talk about this story. The response the mayor is getting, Fox News reached out for comment. What exactly is happening with the actual illegal immigrants in D.C.? Because we got an update there. And Joe Biden, how he's utterly gutting this country. Let me just put it this way. Saudi Arabia is buying oil from Russia at like half price and then cranking up the cost and selling it to us. It's remarkable, isn't it? We're just being gutted. Before we get started... Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to support our work and get access to our exclusive shows. That's right. We got a bunch of updates that are coming soon. Tales from the Inverted World is now a TimCast.com exclusive. And I'm going to be issuing a statement, a bigger explanation for our plans with the future of TimCast. Cast Castle will also potentially be becoming a a larger, more heavily produced uh, show on TimCast.com. But we're moving in that direction because, you know, I think the era of cross your fingers that people watch the content for free and ads make money for you. I don't know if it's exactly working for the kind of content we want to make outside of podcasting. So go to TimCast.com if you want to see us do more. The more people who sign up, the more shows we do. We've got comedy specials. We got two in the pipeline. We're working on getting us all sorted. And if you're a member, we are going to be giving you as much as we possibly can to make the site bigger. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read that first story from the Post Millennial. D.C. mayor slams Republicans for tricking illegal immigrants into taking buses to the nation's capital. The mayor of Washington, D.C. said on Sunday that the federal government should work to prevent illegal immigrants from being tricked into getting on buses headed towards the nation's capital. 
The comments were made when Mayor Muriel Bowser appeared on CBS News's Face the Nation after host Margaret Brennan asked Bowser if the influx of illegal immigrants were overwhelming city services. Margaret Brennan asked Bowser, quote, the Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up and groups are getting overwhelmed by these buses that the governors of Texas and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. How significant is this influx? How many people? <clears throat> Mayor Bowser responded, this is a very significant issue. We have for sure called on the federal government to work across state lines to prevent people from really being tricked into getting into buses. We think they're largely asylum seekers who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. I worked with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization that is providing services to folks. But I fear they're being tricked into nationwide bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the U.S., uh, all over the United States of America. The influx of illegal immigrants to D.C. stems from Republican governors in U.S. border states sending them to the U.S. Capitol to push back against the Biden admins in action on securing the U.S. southern border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced in April that the state will provide charter buses to send illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. And since the announcement, the governor has made good on his promise to help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration. Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C., a powerful stunt, mind you. We are sending them to the, to the United States Capitol, where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. Between Texas and Arizona, 79 buses transporting more than 2,000 illegal immigrants have arrived in Washington, D.C. as of mid-May, according to the New York Post. Republican Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, also announced in April, the state legislature's proposed budget includes $12 million for the Florida Department of Transportation to remove illegal immigrants from the state and relocate them although DeSantis doesn't plan to send them to the nation's capital. This is why I like Ron DeSantis. Look, I know a lot of people were laughing and cheering for sending illegal immigrants to D.C. Yo, I don't think that solves any of the problems. I think maybe you should not put them on a bus to D.C., but put them on a bus back to the countries they're coming from or planes. Now, maybe that's more expensive. Fine. At the very least, we can go to Mexico and say, if you're not enforcing this, we will send them across your borders. They are coming from your country and ours. We're going to send them back that direction. Guard our borders better. Look, I feel for these people because America is amazing. The United States of America, the best country in the planet. I firmly believe so. We've got our internal political problems, but it's remarkable that you have people in this country screaming it's the worst country. It's racist. And then you have people of all different racial backgrounds desperately begging to come here traveling thousands of miles. She talks about, Miro Bowser talks about them being tricked into getting on buses. What about the people being tricked into coming here in the first place? Have you seen the documentaries? Lauren Southern has one where these immigrants are like, we were told if we come here, we'll be given food, shelter, jobs. So we're coming. And it's not true. It's a manipulation. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, 
They have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They say DeSantis has proposed sending the migrants to Delaware or Martha's Vineyard. But the governor's office said that sending them to other progressive states whose governors endorse blatant violations of federal law is also an option. I disagree. I don't think sending them to D.C. makes sense. I think Delaware or Martha's Vineyard is funny. Again, I don't really agree with it. So we'll see what DeSantis really does. But uh, if I had to pick Martha's Vineyard all the way. You know, that little island off of uh, what is in Massachusetts or Rhode Island or no, actually, I think it's New York, isn't it? I got no idea. It's up there in New England. Beautiful little island. Very, very expensive. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Let them deal with it. They are content to watch you suffer when your communities are dealing with these crises because they are like those in Elysium sitting in their floating tower above everyone else saying, what do we care? Well, Fox News reached out. Mayor Bowser won't say who is tricking migrants into bus rides from Texas to D.C. Uh, that's the gist of the story here from Fox News. They reached out to Bowser's office asking if she could point to the person or persons tricking the migrants to travel across the country. The D.C. mayor was also asked if the strain in the city has changed her perspective on the southern border, currently in compounding crisis. They did not respond. Here was the story that prompted all of this. D.C. aid groups overwhelmed as migrants arrive from Texas and Arizona, from the Washington Post. They say the buses have been arri arriving from Texas and Arizona for months after the Republican governors of those states started offering voluntary bus trips to the nation's capital for migrants caught crossing the border from Mexico. Quote, we were told we we're going to be helped here, that somebody was waiting for us. Andre D David Blanco, who left Venezuela a month and a half ago, said in Spanish after he arrived at Union Station on Tuesday night. A network of mutual aid organizations armed with limited resources and a nonprofit operating with a federal grant have been scrambling to help migrants, while the number of buses arriving in the city continues to rise. That patchwork of aid fell short Tuesday night after core organizers and volunteers with the Migrant Solidarity Mutual Aid Network advocates were in quarantine after being exposed to the, to the coronavirus while helping migrants over the weekend. SAMU First Response, an international aid organization that, uh, that has a federal emergency management agency grant to help migrants, only operates Wednesday through Saturday. SAMU's managing director, Tatiana Laborde, said the organization tried to put together a team to find last-minute resources after it became clear Tuesday that there were not enough volunteers to help the incoming migrants. Laborde said in an interview that SAMU does not have the capacity to coordinate all the buses. We are increasing our capacity, but all the agencies involved know this is going to take time. Out of the roughly 15 buses arriving earlier this week, the organization can handle half. All right. I want to pause real quick and tell you a story about Alex Stein. Alex Stein is a troll. He's a culture jammer. They call him right wing. And then I talked to him on Friday and he's actually got a ton of liberal positions. Hmm. It's interesting. He made a video where he hollered at Ocasio-Cortez calling her a big booty Latina. I criticized this saying it was stupid. And what did it accomplish? Turns out I was wrong. It turns out I was wrong because that night AOC then issued a statement 
about security at the Capitol and how she felt she wasn't safe and that she believed officers inside the Capitol assisted in the insurrection. She wants to know who opened the doors. She's right. There were officers in the Capitol who took selfies with people who opened the doors. And we need an investigation of that. I learned after the fact, and I put two and two together, the comment was literally stemming from the guy, Alex Stein, who called her a big booty Latina. Seemingly an innocuous comment triggers an emotional response of truth. So while I don't like what Alex Stein said, fact, I stand corrected. It, it did something. I look at this and I'll have a similar response. Yo, I don't like these people being used as pawns by anybody, being brought to this country through lies, being told they're going to get services and then being sent to D.C. Don't use people for your politics. And everyone's doing it. And you don't get to say in Texas, yeah, well, they're the ones tricking them into coming or whatever. You say, look, you put them on a bus. You don't drive the bus a thousand miles or whatever to D.C. You drive the bus a few hundred miles to the border and say, I'm sorry, you have to enter legally. And that's the harsh reality. You know, you live out in the country, you learn the harsh realities of what happens when you get pests on your property. And everybody says, oh, but you can't kill the sweet little animal. That's a rabies vector that you're legally required to kill. Maybe you know the reference I'm bringing up, but there's a harsh reality to life. Of course, we want to help these people. Of course, we want them to feel and experience the American dream. Yo, but if people keep jumping the line, they're getting exploited, their children are dying, and they're not making this country better for themselves or for, uh, or for anyone. In fact, it's just making things worse. My friends, I'm glad we got the House Republicans here. House Republicans demand Biden admin stop transporting illegal immigrants to get abortions. What? Oh, man, I saw the story and I was like, okay, look, I'm not trying to insinuate it's the only thing Republicans are doing. But talk about the weirdest mishmash of culture war politics. Here we go. We've got illegal immigrations. We also don't like abortion. And now we got abortions going to illegal immigrants. Doesn't like the Hyde Amendment prevent this or something? A group of 22 House Republicans sent a letter Friday to the Biden admin demanding answers on reports that federal agencies have transported illegal immigrants to receive abortions. Well, I can respect conservatives for being consistent, you know. When the right talks about illegal immigrants coming here and then giving birth and having kids who then are granted citizenship, at least they're like, yeah, but we still think abortion is wrong. So we'd rather that than the abortion. This I, I, I got to be honest, I had to put the story in here and it seems weird, but like what? I get it. It shouldn't be happening. It's just crazy that it needs to be said. Welcome to the Joe Biden economy. This is what his government brings us. And here we are. With everything going on, the Democratic administration, it's in the gutter. From Timcast, Biden's economic poll numbers hit new low. Biden's numbers represent the worst economic outlook measures CNBC has recorded. Less than a year and a half since being sworn in, President Joe Biden's economic approval numbers have fallen to the lowest levels of his presidency, according to new survey data from CNBC. As Americans struggle with record high inflation, and having seen historically high gas prices, Biden's economic approval dropped to 30 percent. The lowest economic approval ratings for his predecessors, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, were 41 percent and 37 percent, respectively. The survey has been conducted for 15 years, but Biden's numbers represent the worst economic outlook measures CNBC has recorded. Between April of 2021 and July 2022, 
Biden's economic approval has fallen 16 points. It should have started much lower than that, mind you. Just 6% of Republicans approve of Biden's economic record, while 58% of Democrats support it. 68% of respondents believe the United States economy is poor and are pessimistic about its chances of improving. The poll of 800 people across the nation found that 51% believe the president's efforts to combat inflation are making no difference. And 30% think they're actually hurting. According to CNBC, just 12% say they are helping. The survey found that the, one, the number one concern in the country is inflation, followed by abortion, crime, immigration, border security, and jobs and unemployment. 62% of respondents believe there will be a recession within the next year. There is a recession. There's going to be a depression within the next year. News of Biden's dropping economic numbers come amid U.S. inflation at a 40-year high. While Americans are starting to flood food banks to feed their families, struggling to keep up with the increased cost of goods and services. The economic news comes just a week after separate polls show that nearly two out of three Democrats want someone other than Biden as the party of party's candidate in 2024. Overall support for Biden hit a record low in May with 39% approval rating. Some strategists are concerned Biden's sinking approval numbers could spell trouble for Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections when several polling organizations predict Democrats will likely lose control of the House, according to Madeleine Halpert, writing for Forbes. So let me tie this together for you, my friends. The immigration issue is a very serious issue. Immigration has actually started flipping Latino voters to the Republican Party. Now, while we will say, obviously, it's the economy, stupid. People need money to live. It's remarkable that a, a major swing from Democrat to Republican is actually coming from immigration. Let's talk about the economy, though, my friends. This one, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, there are stories I can believe and there are stories that I can't believe. And here we go. Exclusive. Saudi Arabia doubles second quarter Russian fuel oil imports for power generation. Saudi Arabia, the world's largest oil exporter, more than doubled the amount of Russian fuel oil it imported in the second quarter to feed power stations to meet summer cooling demand and free up the kingdom's own crude for export, data showed and tankers said. Traders said, sorry. Russia has been selling fuel at discounted prices after international sanctions over its invasion of Ukraine left it with few buyers. Moscow calls the war in Ukraine a special military operation. Now, there's some reporting that Vladimir Putin is regretting his decision. He's saying we can't live in isolation and we are being hurt by this. So he's having to sell oil at a discount, which hurts Russia. But Russia's ruble's actually been strengthened. It's actually balanced. I think it's improving amongst, against the dollar. And now they're selling oil to Saudi Arabia, who then sells more expensive oil to us. And we're the ones losing out. While many countries have banned or discouraged purchases from Russia, China, India, and several African and Middle Eastern nations have increased imports. Biden was on Friday visiting Saudi Arabia and was expected to seek an increase in oil supply to global markets from the kingdom to help to lower oil prices that have aggravated inflation worldwide. Amazing. Saudi Arabia says, yeah, we'll increase the oil supply from our production and then we'll buy cheaper oil from Russia to offset because of your stupid regulations. Think about how dumb that is. Instead of using their own oil and selling us some, they will buy, they will, they will sell us the oil. Let's just do a hypothetical. They'll sell us the oil for $2, keep a dollar for themselves, and then buy Russian oil for a buck. Free money. Great policies, Joe Biden. Look, I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. I understand it's a tough position with Russia and Ukraine. What do you do? 
I don't, I don't have all the answers, man. I can tell you right now, this is not working. I can also, uh, I, will, I will say it outright. It is so easy for me to sit here and act like I know what to do. I mean, I see the problem on the surface. Russia invasion of Ukraine. What do you do? We sanction. Oh, okay, I get it. I do. You don't want to go to war. You want to inflict some pain. It is hurting Russia. It's hurting us too. Therein lies the big challenge. I don't know if there is a solution that we have other than warfare. I mean, seriously, if Russia says they're going to do it, there's nothing to do. This is why war happens. If other countries got on board, if Saudi Arabia was on board, maybe Russia would say, okay, fine, and stop. But they're not. So this is what happens. In the end, Russia hurt a little bit. Saudi Arabia reaps all the benefits and the U.S. gets hurt. Our gas prices are at five bucks. Now, look, you want to argue if this is good or bad. A lot of people will tell you it's hurting the American people and it's not worth our involvement in the Ukraine war. And that's it right there. Anti-intervention. I think that's probably the best position. We, what is, what, what is our, our reasoning for being involved with Ukraine and Russia? Gas into Europe. Russia wanted demands. The U.S. was putting pressure on Ukraine. Russia moved in with war. We try to intervene and now everyone is getting hurt. If we did nothing, what would have happened? Europe would have high gas prices. It's been high there for a while. But the people of the United States would not be hurting. And therein lies the big issue. Who are we representing? The people of Europe or the people of the United States? Well, it's obvious. We did not need to take action. The American economy could have been strong, but we took action to help Europeans. I understand that they're NATO countries, but intervening over the price of oil, that's what we've been doing. And it's nuts. The fear is, at least on the surface, because I don't have access to classified information, that if Russia continues to expand and strangle out Europe for with high oil prices, then Europe will be hindered. China will grow. Russia will grow and NATO will fall. So there you go. That's the real fear. Russia's pressure and control of gas into Europe was hurting NATO. So NATO thought they could push back on Russia and maybe they'll win in the long run. But it means you ultimately pay the price. Here's another reality. If we did nothing, and this is where I'll give Biden credit because I am not a psychic. If we did nothing and Russia did strangle out Europe with Gazprom natural gas and China did keep growing and we were hindered by that. What if in 50 years the future was dominated by China? I'll tell you my my main issue. I I have no problem bringing up that point. China expanding in Afghanistan, expanding in South, uh, South America and Africa. The reality is I think Joe Biden is actually helping China. We know that his son was negotiating private equity deals. So I think ultimately this is more in line with them destroying and gutting this country than doing anything. Them targeting Russia instead of going after the real issues, instead of dealing with the fact that our manufacturing base went to China, says to me what's actually happening is that we, they, they are dangling the keys on one side, keeping us distracted so that they can do work on the other side. And I think that's a serious problem for us. So who should be president? Who should replace Joe Biden? Tucker Carlson, apparently. I love this. Really? Tucker? Okay. Newsweek says Tucker Carlson's chances for being president after being touted as new Trump. I don't even want to read this article. Come on. Ron DeSantis is the new Trump. He's Trump with tact. This is what they're claiming. Tucker Carlson's odds of becoming the next U.S. president are in question. After the popular right-wing Fox News host on Friday, Possibly teased a run for the White House in his speech to Christian conservative voters in Iowa. What? I think I've done the full Grassley, Carlson said. 
Carlson was referring to Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who visited the state's 99 counties during his campaigns. I think he was just saying he went there. Tucker's wide ranging speech covered everything from inflation and the soaring cost of living in the U.S. to his views on Vladimir Putin. Okay, maybe Tucker is going to run. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Would he win? Carlson has long been seen by some Republican strategists as a potential successor to Trump. I got to admit, it's entirely possible that Tucker Carlson does run in the primary. He would run against DeSantis, and it would be really interesting to see who would win. Tucker Carlson might hold Trump back, helping DeSantis. There are a lot of people who like DeSantis, who view him as more pragmatic. Tucker might get the more Trumpian vote. Or the inverse could be true. I don't know. Also, as an aside, it literally just started thunderstorming really bad. Maybe you can hear that in the recording. But anyway, they say Carlson's odd for, odds for president are plus 5,000 offered by DraftKings. Trump is the favorite with 250, followed by DeSantis at 300. So Tucker, still a ways off. But maybe he runs, at least in the primary. And I think, I think it's possible. In the end, Tucker won't win, but he gets to push ideas and he gets to pull the primary in a certain direction. If Tucker comes on stage and says, how many of you care about this? And they go, woo, then DeSantis and Trump will have to be like, okay, we care about that too. If Tucker goes on stage at a primary debate and says immigration invasion, then DeSantis and Trump will need to address it. Granted, I don't know if you actually need Tucker to do that in the issue of immigration, but I'm saying there are issues. When you run, you can force the party in a certain direction. And Tucker Carlson being a populist who is mostly concerned with uh, millennial liberal women. I guess that's what he's saying. Maybe he wants to bring up issues that they often talk about to challenge them. Maybe he wants to bring up wokeness and have that be a bigger issue. Maybe Antifa. Who knows? Trump is not likely to talk about that too much. DeSantis, maybe not. Tucker could bring it up. Meanwhile, in America, take a look at this from Human Events. Exclusive. Poll shows most voters would support a convention of states. A look at the effort to make it happen. This is actually really interesting. The Trafalgar Group poll shows 65.7% of people support a convention of states. 50.2% of Democrats support it. Now, for what, though? It's specific. They say, to amend the Constitution, uh, propose a constitutional amendments, quote, focusing on term limits for Congress and federal officials, federal spending restraints, <clears throat> 
and limiting the federal government to its constitutionally mandated authority. 81.3% of Republicans are on board the concept, but support is not split down party lines. 50.2 of Democrats support the concept. 63.3 of those not affiliated with either support it as well. I say, bring it on, baby. We may not need, we may not need 30, or is it 38 Republican states? We may be able to get a convention of states with a few more conservative leaning Democrat states who say, we'll agree to at least sit down and discuss the issue. 81.3% of Republicans support a convention of states. 63.3 independent. Mark Meckler, president of convention of states action has made it his life's work to make it actually exactly that uh, to make exactly that happen. He says calling a convention is all uh, all about is answering the most simple and important question facing the US today. That question who decides? Does DC decide? Does bureaucracy unaccountable to the American people far away from them decide? Or do they decide for themselves? I will tell you this. I don't care about Congress uh, term limits. I don't care about Senate term limits. You know, they're Congress too. I care about bureaucratic state term limits. That means if you are appointed to a position in the federal government, you should only be allowed to work for maybe like 12 years, two six-year terms. After six years, you go up for review. Then there should be hearings for many of these positions. But many of these people are appointed and they're just brought right in. And they work forever. Nah. 12 years maybe is too long. Here's what we don't want. What we don't want is a rotating administration so rapid that the United States can't actually handle modern current political events on the global scale. You get, you get someone who comes in like, you know, you get, you get Vladimir Putin. We get a president who says, I'm going to stop Putin. Four years later, we get a president who says, I like Putin. You get four years later, you get a president who says, I'm going to stop Putin. Yeah, that does not work very well on the global stage. But the bigger issues are people who are working in the intelligence agencies are giving the advice to the president. And so they say, we have long been working for this goal, for these goals. This is why they didn't like Trump. Trump went, excuse me, excuse me, wrong. No, no. And they got mad. We've been here longer than you. We know better than you. We're going to stop you. Okay, get those people out of there. I'd love if we had expertise in the federal government, people with a decade of experience. When the president says it, you just say, okay. You say, you got it, Mr. President. They didn't like Trump because Trump is arrogant. Trump is brash. And it should be the American people who decide. Right now, we have an illegal immigration problem. It's massive. It's tremendous. It's getting worse. We need something to be done. It's not just about these issues. Let's wrap it all together. Tucker Carlson calls it an invasion. He might want to run for office, at least in the primary, build up some more profile. I mean, dude's already famous. Write some books, make some money, influence the party. But no, you're probably not going to win. Maybe. Tucker's very popular. In fact, he's one of the most, he's, he's probably more influential than DeSantis or Trump. And if he does run, he has a vehicle to give himself all of the attention. And he can, he can reject Trump. That's power. Tucker's got more charisma and influence than DeSantis and Trump combined. But will he really win? Right now, the American people are concerned about what's happening across this country. Hispanic voters are switching Republican because of what's happening in Texas and Arizona. So what you see there, it actually represents how many Americans feel. The Democrats are becoming the party of wealthy white people. Republicans are becoming the party of working class diversity. How insane is that? That's not supposed to be what's happening, but it is. And it's because 
traditional liberals like myself are switching parties and we hold these values. And the ultra wealthy elites who want war and chaos are joining the Democrats because the Democrats serve it up on a silver platter. I don't want war. I don't care for war. I don't care about Putin. I don't care about Ukraine. Let me let me clarify. I, of course, care that people are getting hurt. I don't like the war. I think war is bad. I have friends from Ukraine and I'm sad for what's happening. I care in that respect. But as the American people start to ask questions as to why their lives are getting worse and why the economy is getting worse, you can take a look at these people running the show and say it's right there. We should not be focusing on the Ukrainian people. They need our help. I get it. But the American people need our help. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We have two tragic stories this morning, both that play into an important idea that many on the left would sacrifice you for their personal goals, for their political goals. The first story is about Black Lives Matter. A man was shot and killed by police, and BLM is protesting, except This isn't the story of a man who was driving his car and was pulled over and then the cops just shot him. It's not the story of a man who was unarmed but running. It's not the story of a man who was chewing drugs and was unarmed. But when they tried to detain him, fought back and then was subsequently killed. It's not even the story about a guy who was put into like a chokehold. This is a story about a man who unloaded into the home of a young mother with her children who thought they were going to die. The man was then in a standoff for six hours with police, and they took him out with snipers. This guy nearly killed some innocent people. So Black Lives Matter, they chalked his name on the ground. They held a memorial, and it's rather remarkable. Now, of course, I'm, I'm saddened when anybody dies. I don't like war for that reason. But at a certain point, a sane person recognizes This dude was trying to kill innocent people. Well, the activists say, yes, but he was he was having a mental health episode. Well, yeah, most people who take weapons and go trying to kill people are having mental health episodes, which brings me to the next story. A a, a mass gunman in Indiana shooting at people in Greenwood. Was this guy having a mental health episode? Is BLM going to come out and defend this man? Apparently they are. Not in the way you'd think. You see, this guy was stopped when a man, I believe, with a concealed carry ended the shooter. I mean, it sucks. This stuff shouldn't happen. Everybody recognizes that. But there is reality. You know, I started thinking about this. I started thinking about this because people who grow up in cities don't understand the, the horrifying unfairness of reality, that nature isn't fair. It doesn't, it cares only to survive. Now in cities, we've created these, these, these spheres of security where we think we can control the unfairness that is reality, but you can't. And so these things happen. For people who grew up sheltered in their bubble, away from real strife or conflict, they think this shouldn't happen and they can stop it. For those who live out in the middle of nowhere, who live out in the country in rural areas, you realize that as much as you don't want to kill that bear, when the bear is threatening your family, you do what you have to do. That when you get, say, uh, groundhogs even, or raccoons, this is the crazy thing, because you talked, you know, uh, out where we are, you talk to locals and they're like, look, nobody wants to cute, nobody wants to kill the cute little raccoon. It's the law, though. 
the law states you have to. Why? Because they will kill you. They're a rabies vector. And so you see people, they look at these things and they're like, this poor man, it shouldn't have happened. How do we stop this? And it's like, bro, the guy was going to kill this innocent woman and her kids. The police tried not to kill him. But this is the reality of Black Lives Matter and far left activists. They don't care. When it comes to this mass shooter, Techly Sundberg, it was just a mental health episode. When it comes to the other mass shooter, they're, they're complaining the guy who was armed was the problem, that it was illegal. He shouldn't have had that, had that weapon. It's like arguing for what? The worst of it? The fundraisers for this guy. 20 years old, a brother, uncle, son, friend, talented artist, hilarious, energetic human. His life was taken too soon. He was killed in the morning of his mother's birthday. I'm sad that he died, man. But he was trying to kill people. He was a mass shooter. But this guy's fine. I'm sick of it, man. I am sick of the hypocrisy. Axios reports. Four days after Minneapolis police shot and killed Andrew Techley Sundberg, his family is asking police to answer key questions. Sundberg, 20, was shot and killed by two police snipers around 4.30 a.m. Thursday, July 14th, following a lengthy standoff at a Seward apartment. Police were called to the scene about 9.30 p.m. Wednesday after a neighbor reported that someone was firing a gun through her walls. Additional shots were fired as police arrived. Sundberg's family said he was experiencing a mental health crisis. So somebody who's experiencing a mental health crisis and trying to kill someone, you shouldn't stop them? That's insane to me. These people are insane. What exactly prompted snipers? We don't know. Who had set up across the street per a search warrant obtained by NPR News to fire? Video footage from body cameras has not been released. Attorneys for Sundberg's family said in a statement that they have been given very little information about why Techley's mental health crisis became a death sentence. Um... Maybe it's because there's photos and videos of bullet holes riddling this young mother's home. Maybe it's because he was attempting to kill people. Yep, the statement claims the parents who were called to the scene to aid in negotiations were not allowed to do everything they could to save their son's life. Meanwhile, the neighbor whose apartment was shot into confronted activists over the weekend, saying Sundberg intentionally tried to kill her and her children. The State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is continuing to investigate the shooting. Mom shot at by Techley Sundberg expresses outrage. Family says both incidents deserve attention. Yeah. Arabella Yarbrough was cooking food for her children Wednesday when she says Techley Sundberg fired bullets into their home, nearly hitting them. Police responded and helped uh, Yarbrough escape when, according to police, Sundberg also fired at officers. That led to a six-hour standoff outside the building that lasted until MPD snipers killed the 20-year-old early next morning. Quote, I literally had five minutes to live while he had six hours to choose life or death. The police stated they did not want to kill him, Yarbrough told Fox 9. She confronted activists at a protest for Sunberg and against police violence on Saturday. Yep, this video is, is, is gut-wrenching. It's horrifying. Let me play a little bit. You guys bit. are celebrating his life. It was a terror. I'm sure it was a this terror. Is not okay. You're alive. Shut up. You're alive. Shut up. They scream at her. You're alive. This is not okay. 
Not in you, though. It's amazing. This woman's home, riddled with bullets, has BLM activists outside writing the name on the ground of the man who tried to kill her. She doesn't look like a white woman to me. So whose black lives really matter? When it comes to a mass shooter, these people come out and say the police shouldn't have killed him. But what about this other story? Three people were killed at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana, in a shooting that ended when an armed man fatally shot the gunman, city authorities said. Two additional people were hospitalized in the shooting, which began when a man with a rifle and several magazines entered the mall's food court and started firing. Chief Jim Eisen of the Greenwood Police Department said the authorities did not indicate a motive for the shooting and did not identify the gunman. Oh, um, it was, was it a mental health issue? Was it? Are you going to defend the shooter? It's amazing. They, 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 they are. They're, they're, they're actually coming out in defense of this guy. Not in the same way. Take a look at this tweet. Jack Posobiec says deleted. Shannon Watts, a U.S. senator, says enabling a civilian to access weapons of war and use them to kill three people and wound three others inside Greenwood Park Mall before another armed civilian opened fire on the gunman inside a crowded food court is a good outcome. Who said that? That's why she deleted it. But they're actually attacking people. There's one tweet where they're like, this man was illegally armed and he should not have been. It's like, okay, so they're, they're, the, the, the mass gunman should have been allowed to continue his rampage. It's remarkable, isn't it? Other mass shooters. What about them? There's the guy in, um, what was it? Was it Times Square? Or what, the guy said he wanted to kill everybody. No jail time. There's Kenosha. That, that's not terror. That, that's, that was an accident. That was a vehicle that did it. This is why I say things like civil war, man. You know, maybe it's, it's cliche. People are always like, oh, Tim's talking about it again. And that's just like, dude, yeah, I get it. You know, I think about like, I want to be wrong about all of that stuff. I just want none of that stuff to be true. But let me, let me just, let me just, this is what I see, okay? Help a single mother and gun violence survivor. So this is for uh, Arabella Yarbrough. $46,849. When, when someone donated five grand, when this went down, this fundraiser had like no money in it. And the mass shooter, he had like 10 grand. It was amazing. Granted, many people were outraged by this story, and now it's way inverted. The mother has 46K, and the mass shooter only has 20,000. GoFundMe is allowing a fundraiser for a mass shooter. The reason why I say mass shooter is because he unloaded a gun randomly into apartment buildings that were had children and a woman in it. Now, of course, mass shooter is relatively vague. Typically, it's only it's reserved for individuals who actually strike their targets. OK, what, what I'm saying right now is someone who fires randomly into a group of people. But, you know, when you want to talk about a mass shooting, there's different statistics. and There's different requirements like. Some say it's when four people are shot at. Some say it's when four people are hit. Some say it's when four people die. Some say it's when three people die. This guy would have killed three people. He tried to. So yeah, this is a guy that needed to be stopped from taking lives. GoFundMe isn't supposed to allow this stuff to happen. Hey, take a look at Kyle Rittenhouse, who ran for his life. Isn't it amazing? No, 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 seriously, let's bring that one up. Kyle Rittenhouse, in his own community, ran for his life 
Someone fired a gun. He turned around. A guy tried taking his gun. He fired in self-defense. He ran to the police and he was attacked, struck with a skateboard. Someone approached him with a Glock, I believe it was a Glock 17 handgun. And he fired only at those threatening him and fled to the police, turning himself in later when the police in Kenosha weren't listening to what he had to say. This guy randomly, for no reason, tried killing a family. He's the one who gets a heartwarming press conference. He's the one who gets $20,000 raised for his family. And Kyra now survived. He survived and they tried to destroy his life. In fact, in many ways, they did destroy his life, at least, at least for a period. Because of people like you and me, however, we were willing to stand up for him because we knew the truth. And with respect to people like Destiny, who's a progressive left uh, uh, commentator, who outright said, I saw the video, clearest cut case of self-defense. Because people were willing to stand up for the truth, Kyle survived this. And he's making something of, of his life. Granted, his life's flipped, turned upside down from defending himself. This guy, Sunder, uh, Sundberg or whatever his name is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Sundberg, granted, he did kill people, so in, in that regard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he tried to kill people. Yikes. I mean, this is just, this is just the reality. Let me pull up these tweets. Let me pull up these tweets. At the time, Minnesota Safety Alert said, here's a direct link to the fundraisers for his mom and her two kiddos. Previously, it was just two clicks deep in the thread, but putting it here so it's a single click. He points out here, the shooter's GoFundMe is 10 times greater than the victims. Isn't that amazing? I think because of this tweet, you ended up seeing the inversion. You ended up seeing the single mother actually start to, to, to get money, uh, raise money from this. Let's talk about the mass shooting in Indiana and the good guy with a gun and why guns are good, why I think people should have guns. So apparently they recently passed a law allowing people to, to uh, I believe they may have, they, they signed constitutional carry. They say Mayor Mark Myers said late Sunday that the public faced no further threat and the police department was in control of the scene. I've been a police officer most of my life, he said in an, in an interview. Still, this is incredibly shocking to not only me, but our entire community. Chief Eisen said at a news conference on Sunday, that the local emergency call center began to receive calls about the shooting around 6 p.m. He said the threat ended when an armed passerby who had a handgun stopped the gunman. It appears that a good Samaritan that was armed observed the shooting in progress and shot the shooter. Mr. Eisen identified the passerby only as a 22-year-old man from Bartholomew County, about 35 miles south of the mall, adding that he was, a lawfully he was lawfully carrying a gun. In a statement, Mr. Myers praised the man's actions. Someone we are calling a good Samaritan was able to shoot the assailant and stop further bloodshed. I am grateful for his quick action and heroism in the situation. Chief Eisen had said that investigators and other personnel would not process the crime scene at the mall until a state bomb squad could determine whether a suspicious backpack that was left in the mall bathroom was dangerous. Late Sunday, he said that investigators had not found an explosive device and that they had cleared the backpack. The police said on Facebook that they were seeking witnesses to the shooting, which took place about 15 miles south of Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department said on Twitter that it was helping local authorities. A good guy with a gun. We need more of them. You see, there are people right now that are tweeting that this guy was illegally carrying. He wasn't. He was legally carrying. There are people claiming that it was bad no matter what. The fact that someone had to shoot him. How about no one gets guns? I just want to make sure, uh, you know, those people understand that killing people is illegal. Like, you're not allowed to do it. 
this guy did it anyway. So like you have a series of crimes that could be committed, right? You have uh, the most egregious taking a person's life. You then have walking past a sign saying, don't bring guns here. Pretty sure if you're intent on committing one of the most heinous crimes against humanity possible, which is literal murder, you're not going to be too worried about a sign. Right. I'll tell you something funny. Let me tell you something funny. I'm a skateboarder, right? They put up signs all the time saying no skateboarding. Y'all still do it. I can't tell you how many times I've been skateboarding at places with big no skateboarding signs. It's strange. The sign says you can't do it, but people do it anyway. My favorite thing is when you go somewhere where like you really can't skate and it says like no skateboarding, rollerblading or biking or whatever. What I really love about those signs is that like you can scoot, like scooters became a big thing. And there's there's like no sign for scooters because the, the, the sign making culture has to catch up with what the kids are doing. But just think about that. Stew on that one for a few minutes. Go watch any skate video and watch skateboarders do one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. They do it all the time. Fight with security guards. They'll be skating. A security guard will be like, you got to leave. They'll be like, no, I won't do it. Dude, if you're skating, security guard comes out and says, time to leave. It's time to leave. If you want to be polite and say, bro, let me get one more try. And they say, okay, fine. One more try. All right. They let you do it. If, if you say one more try and they say, no, you need to leave. You need to leave. There's a cop, who, uh, a security guard who died from people fighting. It's, it's stupid stuff. These skateboarders sharing these videos. But anyway, I digress. The point is, you think putting a sign up at a school that says no guns is going to stop someone who's intent on killing people when a sign saying no skateboarding is not even going to stop somebody who wants to ride a board around that like does minor property damage. Oh, I know. Let me let me hear the triggering of the skateboarders, bro. When you wax up ledges and discolor them and then grind on them, you're screwing those ledges up for the people who work there. They don't like that. But, you know, the way skateboarders see it is like, so what? Who cares? So your lead, the, the, the planter for your, your garden looks ugly now. Grinding on rails doesn't really do much. But yeah, if people like pay money to have their property look good. But the real issue with that stuff is insurance. You can't allow it on your property. Otherwise, you'll lose your insurance. So when the skateboarders show up, they have to tell you to leave. Otherwise, they could lose their insurance and you got to have insurance. It's reality. But you get, you, you get the point. I'll try to put it up to the beginning. That BLM is defending this guy who tried to kill this woman and her children. Isn't that crazy? This guy was a potential mass shooter. I mean, he tried to be a mass shooter, right? If he had actually succeeded, what would have happened? I was talking about this the other day. Uh, you know, we are in conversation about murder versus attempted murder. And I was like, the, the weird thing is, I shouldn't say funny because it's not appropriate. Like the weird thing is, if, if someone like murders someone and the intent is clear, like let's say like a dude cheats on his wife <clears throat> or like a wife cheats on, you know, dude, dude cheats on his wife and the wife catches him in the act and she says, you did this to me, you know, and then kills them both. She committed a passion murder. We know what her motivation was. She's likely not going to kill other people uh, because she, she killed them, right? And it's bad. It's a heinous crime. And she gets like life in prison. But then you'll get someone who like attempts the murder and there's like a lesser sentence. The reason why I find that crazy is it's like, dude, they're going to try and do it again. Like if someone's like planning to kill somebody and then they don't do it and you're like, okay, well, we'll only give you five years for the attempt. And it's like, okay, so in five years, they can get out and try it again. Like their target is still alive. You're going to hope they change their mind. Like attempted murder should be charged the same. I'm sure in most places it, 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 it gets close to it, but 
you know, like the person who didn't complete it is the person who should be locked up forever. Anyway, I digress. I'm not surprised is what we're seeing. The woman, even the woman screaming that you should let it be and leave, because people are outside of her house protesting, defending the guy who tried to kill her. She still defends George Floyd. She still defends these other people. Now, some of these people deserve defending. There was that guy who was sleeping. Uh, he was like sleeping in an apartment. I think it was his friend's apartment and he was armed and he was legally allowed to be armed. And the cops storm in, kick the sofa. He sits up from under the blanket holding a gun. So they kill him. You're allowed to have guns, man. Yeah, that guy should be defended. Not this dude. So here's what we see. Two big stories over the weekend. And they're both, they both suck, right? But if you are of, of, of the mind, you think the law is going to control this, you are wrong. It's already illegal to shoot people. So there you go. Some guy is going to commit a crime. You're, you're allowed to have guns. Somebody who wants to kill somebody is going to get a gun. It's going to be a 3D printed gun. It's going to be an at-home made gun. You can't stop this stuff. And the technology just keeps advance, advancing. It's becoming easier and easier. And the spread of knowledge makes it easier and easier. You can go out in, in, in the woods, basically, and make black powder relatively easily. Scary thought. But it's not even about that. It's about we're just at this point with the expansion of knowledge and technology I mean, it's going to be crazy when someone gets a, a magnetron or like makes like a powerful directed energy weapon and then starts just frying people. It'll be it'll be really strange to see. But the thing about this stuff is we, you've heard about the um, the Havana effect, I think it's called, where people claim to like be hit by some kind of energy weapon. What would happen? You can you could. So there's something called like um, what is it called? Um, active denial system microwaves blasted at people, making them feel like they're on fire. You know, look, people are using rifles in, in these things because they hear it on the TV and the news. It's a culture thing. If they actually d knew anything about guns, they'd be using very different weapons. That's a scary thought. Technology is advancing and it keeps advancing. There is solid state batteries on the way that have can, can hold way more energy. And what that means for directed energy weapons is going to get crazy. Imagine a rail gun. This is the crazy thing. So, like a rail gun uses a sequence of magnets to propel a slug at a rapid rate of speed, and it is silent and deadly. And what happens when someone walks in with something that doesn't that looks strange in a backpack, and no one can tell what it is, and then it's just it's a rail gun. I don't know, man. It's like how do you stop crazy people from being crazy? I don't know. But when they do, the police they got to stop them. A good guy with a gun did the right thing. He stopped him. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a hilarious self-owned, Pink News published this story. Anti-LGBTQ plus groomer slur banned on Reddit in bid to tackle hate speech. Your move, Twitter. The story's not true. I'll give you the simple version. On, I think, one subreddit, they said, hey, stop calling all gay people groomers. And that's kind of it. But I'll break down the rule as it actually was implemented because it really is still interesting. But this is a hilarious cell phone for obvious reasons. Claiming that calling someone a groomer is anti-LGBTQ plus implies directly that they think the complaints we have with child predators applies to all of them. 
it's almost like they think they're the ones being targeted by this. And it's almost like they're engaging in the behaviors and mass that we are complaining about. So again, hilarious cell phone. I'll tell you what this is, what, what, what this article is. Okay. It's fake news. The, the, the slur was not, the word was not banned on Reddit. It's all over Reddit. On one subreddit, they're saying, hey, be careful about how you say certain things. Pink News wants to get clicks. They want to, I don't know, push a narrative, I guess. So of course, desperate for a story, this woman was probably told, what do you got? And she went, oh, look, they banned this slur because anti-LGBTQ, which is not really what they did. You know, this is as much about making money and getting clicks as it is about wokeness. But I think wokeness is a product of capitalism. There are a lot of people who are staunch free market capitalists. And I'd like to point out to many of them, like what companies are doing, like Amazon and Walmart, they're promoting this stuff because they think it makes them more money. I mean, that's it. Look, you can talk about Mackenzie Bezos putting a ton of money into woke projects and all that stuff. Sure, of course. But what's happening with big corporations is that racism is bad, right? Of course it is. We don't like racism. So they say, okay, take the approach that's on the side of the activists who oppose racism. But the activists that oppose racism are overtly racist themselves and are lying about opposing racism. Like Black Lives Matter, for instance, they celebrated an attempted mass shooter like it made no sense just because the guy was was black, I suppose. Well, that's not anti-racist. That's overtly racist. Supporting a guy who was trying to kill people just because of his race. It's a different kind of racism. Corporations align that way because that's what they think will sell the most. Now, Get Woke, Go Broke has been changing that quite a bit. But for an outlet like Pink News, they make money when they do things like this. So instead of giving you the full and true context, they falsely frame the story in a hilarious cell phone. Bravo. They say Reddit has banned the anti-LGBTQ plus slur groomer under its hate speech policy, as well as any other references to LGBTQ plus people as pedos. That is amazing. So look, the concern is there has been a concerted effort for years now among child abusers to be welcomed as part of the LGBTQ community. And it looks like they're winning. There's they, they, they use the word map, minor attracted person, because they're trying to get in. There was this big thing where they, they started making LGBTP. You know, what the P stands for. And it was rejected by gay people, LGBTQ people like get out of here with that. Well, now they've won. Because when the groomers actually go after kids and conservatives say, hey, those people are groomers, the left instinctively says anything the right wing believes must be wrong and started defending the groomers. Now they're trying to claim that the groomers are literally the entirety of the LGBTQ and that the word groomer specifically refers to them. Incredible. They say the vile slur, which conflates LGBTQ plus identities with pedos, has been increasing in use online and has now been banned by Reddit as hate speech. Journalist Alejandra Caraballo explained on Twitter that social media platform will now enforce their hate speech policy on content that utilizes the groomer libel, libel, which means that posts containing the slur will break Reddit policy and could be taken down. The community against hate subreddits added that as well as the groomer slur, Reddit will now enforce its hate speech policy on those who portray being trans as a mental illness or quote trans suicide stats in a in a hateful way. And this is really crazy. I'll tell you what the end result is. 
This is companies being like, we don't want to be associated with negativity because negativity doesn't sell. Siding with negativity because they're idiots who don't know what they're doing or because many of them are just in the cult themselves. But here's the funny thing. We've pointed this out. If the only conversation allowed to be had is positive and people don't know the negatives, man, you're uh, you're grooming them. So what we've heard from many people, detransitioners, is that they would go online and say, I don't know why I feel this way. They'd be told all of these things, but only see one side of it. They would undergo medical treatments, which were irreversible. And they would say, wow, this is really, really bad. How come no one ever told me? Well, it's because anyone who tries will be banned. Carabayo added, your move, Twitter, referencing Twitter's users' complaints that the social media site does not do enough to prevent hate speech. So let's, let's pull up the tweet here from Alejandra Carabayo. Reddit will now enforce their hate speech policy on content that utilizes the groomer libel. I love libel because it's like literally not. Content that equates LGBTQ people to groomers and pedos will violate the hate speech policy. Reddit is now more proactive than Twitter. I love that uh, Alejandra here is very concerned about the actual pedos on the platform. But, you know, sure. Alejandro Caraballo, I believe, is likely a pedo. And the reason I say that is because most people who are opposed to that have literally no issue whatsoever being like, yo, that's a bad thing. We don't want it. For her to come out so strongly and say, your move Twitter and advocate for you not to be able to call out pedos. She's really advocating for hardcore protections. You know, I'll put it this way. Let's say like there's 100 gay people and one of them happens to be a pedo. You'd want to be like, call them out when you see them, please, because we don't want those people here. She's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't call out any of them because, you know, because why? Here's the real issue. Against hate subreddits posted. Yesterday, PCM's subreddit operators sticked an announcement in their subreddit announcing that they are finally being required directly by Reddit admins to enforce Reddit site-wide rule one, which prohibits promotion of hatred, targeted harassment, and violent threats. The list tells us important facts about Reddit's trust and safety policy about hate speech that targets LGBTQ people. They say, the implications for hate speech targeting LGBTQ people. We won't be reproducing the full list published by the PCM operators. Here it is. It is full of slurs for no reason other than to openly publish slurs. But the most important parts of those lists for the purpose are these. One, no portraying LGBT people as a whole as groomers or pedos. Ah, okay. And there it is. They're not banning the word. They're banning you saying all LGBTQ people are groomers or pedos. And that's true that they're not. Not every person who is LGBTQ is a groomer. And it's easily referenced by gays against groomers, which they also hate. Hilariously. Gays Against Groomers is a new account calling out the groomers who seek to use the gay community. So I will tell you this, when it comes to this new policy, yes, equating all LGBT people with groomers, I'm not a fan of. Now, I don't think people should be banned for these kinds of things. They're going to say, no portraying being transgender as a mental illness. Okay, that one, that one to me is really weird and actually really dangerous for the trans community, but we'll come back to that. No genocide denial. Huh? So are the Young Turks old videos going to be banned for the Armenian genocide denial stuff? Now, Jenk has apologized for that, but, you know, I have to bring it up. Referring to being trans as a mental illness. Okay, I'll come back to that one. Suicide stats, 40%. Okay, we'll come back to that one. Equating LGBT with pedos. Yeah, we get it. Groomer to refer to LGBT. 
Is it or is it not? That's the crazy thing. Is that it, whether or not someone, when someone says groomer, and then you think that they're calling someone who's LGBT that, this is where we're getting to really dangerous territory. But my friends, I bring you to psychiatry.org. Psychiatry.org is news guard certified at 70% out of 100. It uh, is responsible. It doesn't publish false content. And they say, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, DSM-5, provides for one overarching diagnosis of gender dysphoria with separate specific criteria for children and for adolescents and adults. The DSM-5 defines gender dysphoria in adolescents and adults as a marked incongruence between one, one's experienced expressed gender and their assigned gender, lasting at least six months, as manifested by at least two of the following. They say a strong desire to, rid, to be rid of one's primary or secondary sex characteristics because of marked incongruence, a strong desire for the primary and or secondary characteristics of other gender, a strong desire of other gender. Do they mean biological sex? Because what is what does this mean? I don't understand. A strong desire to be uh, of the other gender, a strong desire to be treated as the other gender, a strong conviction that one has typical feelings and reactions of the other gender. Okay. Psychiatry.org, how dare they say that it is a mental disorder? I mean, that is... That is offensive, and I reject it. I do not accept this mainstream. What am I supposed to say to this? I go to the official newsguard psychiatry.org that tells me the di diagnostic and statistical manual for mental disorders calls it a mental disorder. What should I call it? Is that hateful? Is that hurtful? I think it's insane to think that it is. Now, they're banning any and all conversations that challenge the narrative from the cult. Does that, when I say that, am I saying that every single LGBTQ person is in the cult? No, I'm saying there is a cult. There are many LGBTQ people in the cult, and there are many groomers in the cult, and they want to groom your children. So they want to make it so that you can't call out the groomers, and they're doing more. From against hate subreddits, D-trans and Ask AGP advertise support groups, but push highly transphobic rhetoric, blah, 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 blah. They, they must be stopped. Wants to shut down predatory trans subreddit, D-trans. When someone comes out and says they had a bad experience and they would like to share it, they're trying to get that banned. When someone comes out and says these people in these schools are grooming children and they say you're calling all gay people groomers, it's like what? No, we're not. But that's what they keep saying, because that's how they allow pedos to get your kids. That's why we call them groomers. The people who are defending groomers, the people who are outraged over the worse word, uh, use of the word groomers, are likely pedophiles, like Alejandro Caraballo. There's literally no reason for this. We know that there are many gay people who are not groomers, don't want to be around kids, and are calling it out. We have, we have these videos. We have these stories. We have gays against groomers. Gay people literally calling out groomers. The only explanation for anyone outside of this group is that they're either groomers, pedos, or want to protect them. Daily Dot says, is gays against groomers the new libs of TikTok? I don't know. Are they? Libs of TikTok is an internet juggernaut. The anti-LGBTQ account run by blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. Gays Against Groomers insists its purpose is to protect children from harm being done in our name and by those who have hijacked our community. 
Critics say that Gays Against Groomers is a transphobic far-right astroturf campaign whose founder allegedly shared racist, Islamophobic, extremist content and conspiracy theories. Oh, here we go. You have to be racist. So if a gay person comes out and says, please stop the grooming, you scream racist. Uh Uh-huh. The founder denied to the Daily Dot being responsible for sharing much of the offensive content, blaming an ex. Gays Against Groomers founder Jamie Mitchell also insists that she isn't emulating libs of TikTok. I'm in no way trying to be any version of libs of TikTok. I think the way they do, oh, I think the work they do is incredible and that all of this needs to be exposed. She said Gays Against Groomers, which often interacts with libs of TikTok posts, creates its own content and plans to create chapters of other like-minded individuals. We are about action and making real change within our community and the world. Gays Against Groomers posts observations, quote tweets, retweets, and some user-generated content. Much of it rails against LGBTQ culture. Alternative headline, young boys being forced to participate in nearly naked kink fest. The account recently wrote about Boy Scouts marching in a pride parade. Um, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. This is a hilarious cell phone. The Daily Dot criticizing gays against groomers. What are you trying to say? Because these people are LGBTQ. You're just outright saying you're a plain old groomer. Remarkable. Quote, Pride parades and festivals are no place for children, especially not with what they have devolved to today. Much like Libs of TikTok, it has a particular fixation with trans people and drag queen story hours and repeatedly refers to the people and companies who disagree with it as groomers. Uh, yes, John Levine over the New York Post. He asked conservatives, what, what exactly is wrong with drag queen story hour? You're just saying it's bad. Well, I'm not a traditional conservative, but um, if they want to claim that opposing grooming is making you conservative, call me whatever you want. But uh, John, to spell it out with respect, because maybe he just didn't hear this. He doesn't watch my show, apparently. Uh, Drag is inherently sexual. Drag shows involve adult men dressed as women ripping their clothes off for money. That's stripping. In many places, uh, uh, stripping is not fully nude. Um, So when you have people who do the same thing as strippers, Dancing for kids, but not stripping. Hey, we take issue with that. Like, that's grooming. That's literally what grooming is. Grooming is when you introduce a child to something that is not inherently or overtly sexual, but introduces them to these ideas. So uh, go-go dancing is another really good example. Would you be okay with go-go dancer story hour? You know, women that are not they're not totally naked, but they're go-go dancers with their boobs sticking out and overly sexualized, but they're just reading stories. What if they then start strutting around your kids, shaking their hips, and then asking you to put money in their G-strings and bras, like at some of these drag queen uh, events for kids? Yeah, okay. What if you had child go-go dancers like they're doing with child drag, where the kid, like Desmond is amazing, goes out on stage, rips his clothes off, and takes money? You get the point. That's what's happening. Because those people are groomers. They say right-wing attacks on LGBTQ people have escalated significantly as of late. Some have credited libs of TikTok with inspiring the recent spate of homophobic and transphobic legislation and actions. Libs of TikTok often accuses LGBTQ people of grooming children. A false yet potent accusation based on the claim that they're more likely to be pedos. Such claims particularly resonate with conservatives. It heavily focuses on teachers stoking panic against public schools. So uh, when LGBTQ people, when LGBTQ people come out against groomers, you get mad at them and smear them? Huh. I wonder what that means. 
Leave the children alone, they say. Gays Against Groomers also similarly targets select segments of the LGBTQ community, recently referring to trans, queer, intersex, and asexual people as the infiltrators, or maybe they're talking about, they're talking about the groomers. Now, I will say there is the LGB movement. Let's break that down. LGB, lesbian, gay, and bisexual. There are many people who feel that they wanted like marriage rights, and marriage was specifically based upon your sexuality. Now, a trans person, we're told, is, has nothing to do with LGB. A trans person could be straight or gay. It's not relevant to being trans. So then why are they all part of the same thing? That's the question posed by the LGB community. They say, if you're a woman who likes women, a man who likes men, or someone who likes both, you can be a man who likes men and women, or a woman who likes women and men, then that's something very specific, and you're going to fight for specific rights. If you're trans, that's something completely different. Now, I don't know why LGBT became one thing, then they added the Q. I do know that I once fundraised on behalf of the Human Rights Campaign, one of the leading LGBTQ rights organizations in the country. There was a big concern because they weren't supporting the trans community. There was a bill going through that would have granted rights to LGB people, but not trans people. And they said, look, I was sitting in a meeting where they talked about it, and this is what was overheard. I mean, they told me directly. The issue is that Certain groups in California were saying we will not accept any bill unless trans people are included, too. The HRC said, take the win, take what you can get. This created a big rift. There were many people who are lesbian, gay and bi who said we don't want the T involved. And that's still true today. But because of popular narrative, press and pop culture, LGB eventually became LGBTQIIAP22S+. I'm not kidding about that. It's a, there's that that's exists. Now, everybody has their version of it, I guess, with a bunch of letters and numbers. Quote, raise your hand if you're not going to sit idly by and watch infiltrators destroy the decades of work it took us to be accepted in society. Gays Against Groomers tweeted. Yeah, um, actually, what's happening is there is a, a walk back on gay rights from a lot of people, particularly conservatives. Gays Against Groomers posted a video of a woman who said that if she had known the decades of work she did fighting for lesbian rights would have resulted in child sex changes and grooming and things like that, she never would have done it. And it's it's rather horrifying. And I want to push back and say no to this woman. I support LGB rights. And I say that separately because there's two different issues at play. For gay marriage, which peripherally involves trans people. I suppose if a trans person is not straight or is gay, then gay marriage laws don't affect them, which is the point. LGB people had to fight for the right to gay marriage. I think they should be allowed to get married. That's my position. Someone who is traditionally liberal. Now, as the trans community has told us, you can be biologically male, identify as a woman, take hormones, and then want to marry a woman. That would make you a, le- a trans lesbian but you're still male and can still legally get married. You don't have to fight for gay marriage in that regard, even though you are considering yourself trans lesbian. You see how that works, which is why there's a difference here. Now, there are people coming out saying we want to walk it back. I I disagree. I think just because you've, you've, you've pushed forward and guaranteed rights doesn't mean you just sit back and say, oh, no, it was a mistake. I mean, look, Bad things happen during civil rights with people fighting each other in the streets, people losing their lives. I'm not going to be like, if I had known, people would have died. No, no, no. Civil rights was a good thing. And, and the, the creepy weirdos who come out 
and push for creepy weirdo stuff are just bad people. With what's going on with grooming right now needs to be called out. It is it is totally separate from LGBTQ issues as ref, as as proven by gays against groomers. If you're a gay person and you're in school, you got a picture of your husband on your desk. I don't care. If a student comes to you and says, tell me about this, you can say, that's my husband. And when they say, but you're a guy and be like, that's true. Gay marriage is a thing. Why don't you talk to your parents about these issues? If you're a teacher and you're straight and you got a picture of your husband and a teacher walks up to the teacher and says, teacher, who's this man on your desk? And she says, that's my husband. He goes, tell me about that. She goes, oh, we're married. You should ask your parents about that. It's that simple. That's all I care about. If a student comes here and says, I want to learn about the birds and the bees, you should not be like, let me tell you all about it and make sure no one lets your parents know. Because then it's like, uh, y'all are grooming those kids. You get it? You need parental consent. Now, there are parents who are, tra- uh, uh, who are trans- transitioning their kids. I mean, there's a legitimate question about whether or not that's their right to choose what's right for their children. And I say, okay, far be it from me to say I know better than you and your kids. I don't agree with it personally. Like if it were my kids, I'd say you really need to wait until you're older to make these decisions for yourself. Now, a lot of these parents, they, they know better for their kids. Fine. I'm not the parents. These kids may be really sick. I don't want the kids to, to lose their lives. I think they need probably, uh, you know, therapy and, and, and help to make sure they're not going to harm themselves. I just think Bill Maher made, I'll put it this way. Bill Maher made the point perfectly. Either we're creating them or hiding them or, or, you know, suppressing them because California's got too many and Ohio has none. Why is it that in California you have all these trans kids, but in other parts of the world you don't? Something doesn't make sense. How come in India you're not seeing it? How come in in Japan you're not seeing it? In China you're not seeing it? But particularly in liberal areas of the United States, you see it all over the place. What's causing it? I don't have the answers. I don't know. But uh, if they keep censoring this stuff, you know, I'll tell you this. The end result is going to be parents sterilizing their kids, the kids growing up and becoming really angry. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.